Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Fiction. Science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. You're back in the House of Mystery, and we are talking turkey today. So, <laughs> on the interview, we have an author that's uh, written about his experience, um, you might say, and we'll get right into it. So, we're talking about uh, the book Turkey Street, and uh, Jack and Liam moved to a Bodrum. Uh, Jack, Scott, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, now... Um, Let's let's talk about your your writing. There was two two books, I believe. Um, yes, indeed. What what brought you to um, actually write and share your experience? What what was it that uh, made you do? Oh, okay. Um, well, we when we moved to Turkey, Turkey, um, which is some a few years ago now, we moved there in two thousand and eight. Um, the end the end of two thousand eight. Um, we kind of semi-retired, or we retired early, ridiculously early, really, from a, a couple of very busy lives in London with busy jobs, and um, and we decided to give it all up. And then uh, we moved to Turkey, and um, it, it it was fantastic. It was a wonderful place, and we, we we rented a wonderful house that overlooked the Aegean Sea, and you know we had the most glorious sunsets. But after about six months, months we got a bit bored looking at the sunsets, as, go as gorgeous and as wonderful as they were. Um, and so um, one lesson that we learned about living overseas is that a lot of people, a lot of ex expats, see, see it as, uh, or focus on the journey rather than the destination. So they see it as, as, I want to go and live in the sun. So they make plans to go and live in the sun, and it's a fantastic thing they do. But when they get there, they haven't really thought about what they're going to they're do. And everybody needs an occupation. 
everybody needs something to do, something to get out of bed for in the morning. And we did get a bit bored, bored, so we didn't have an occupation. So a friend of mine said to me, well, lots of interesting things were happening around us. We met lots of interesting people. Um, why don't you start blogging? blogging? So I'd never blogged before. I'd never really thought about it. And uh, so, I, But I did. I started to blog. Um, and almost overnight, the blog became instantly popular. I don't know why. You know, I, even to this day, I can't, just can't understand why pe- people were possibly interested in my random ramblings about our lives in Turkey. But uh, in a period of about four or five months, it became the most popular English language blog in Turkey um, of its type. Obviously, there are more popular blogs blogs around things like travel and, um, uh, and archaeology because Turkey is a great place for, for that sort of thing um, but in terms of a kind of, a kind of gossipy uh, narrative of life in Turkey it became extraordinarily popular so um, I was a, I was approached by a publisher who thought that I might, there might be a book in it hmm. uh, so okay I thought oh, oh I never even thought about that why not so I started writing it, and um, uh, the first book, which was called Perking the Pansies, which mirrored the the name of the blog, um, was published in, uh, in the end of 2009, and did very, very well. Um, so that's kind of how I got to write the book, um, about our time there. Um, it, was, it was an interesting time, uh, interesting for us. A lot of the, the theme really was, because we were a gay couple, we'd recently married in, in, in London, and we, in effect, emigrated to what is a Muslim country, a Muslim majority country, and a lot of people were interested in that kind of angle. What, what were we doing there? How would people respond to us? How would, how would people react? Um, and you know, I kind of wrote a little bit about that, about that too. Um, I tried to keep it light and frothy, but there was also some interesting things that came out as we lived there too. So right. That's kind of how it got there. Well, 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 first of all, what brought you to Turkey? Like, why did you guys go there? Uh, purely practical reasons. I've been travelling to Turkey for um, a, no- a number of years on holiday, um, so I knew the country reasonably well, but only as a tourist. And I'm a little, a little bit of a history buff, and I do like ancient history. And of course, in Turkey, there's a kind of ancient sites on every hill. Every hill, you know, it's, 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 it's lit- the place is littered with ancient cities. Um, uh, so I've always been attracted to it, and so I knew about. Out of Turkey, I knew a little bit about its history. I knew about its people. I knew, even though it's a Muslim country, it's a secular Muslim country. So, uh, and, and for example, homosexuality um, is is not even mentioned in the Turkish penal code. It's not Saudi Arabia. It's not Iran. It's completely different. Um, and I liked it very much. And we actually also had our honeymoon there. So we spent uh, two wonderful weeks mm. on honeymoon there. And I had been there with previous partners and, and never had a, 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 a difficult time or a, a or, or, or a poor response from the people around us. People are always delightful. That was one of the reasons. Another reason was we only had so, had so much money to spend, spend, and, and Turkey was at the time a relatively cheap destination. Yeah. Um, so we knew we could live there on with the, on the funds that we had. Um, weren't you worried about going to a Muslim country, being that uh, you know, being a gay couple? Um, is not exactly uh, appropriate for them in in the Muslim religion. It's not, but as a secular a secular country, we were protected um, under the law, and, and uh, there is a great tradition amongst Muslim countries or, or Islamic religion of hospitality. Hospitality. So, so, and also, uh, Turkey is one of the major destinations for British tourists. 
Uh, and we uh, we didn't go to a remote area of Turkey. We went to Bodrum, which is a very Western-leaning, very Western uh, resort um, on the Aegean. So we knew what we were doing. Um, I have to say, uh, ironically, I suppose, the, it's the only bad vibe we ever got from anybody about us was from our fellow expats, not from the Turks we lived around. Or, or they lived around us. And in Bodrum, in fact, we, we lived in two, place, two places in Turkey. We rented a house in a small resort called Yalakovac near Bodrum. And then after a year, we moved into Bodrum town itself. And we lived, um, we rented a house from an uh, elderly uh, Turkish couple. We lived next door and around lots of Turkish people. And I can say we never got a bad uh, experience from anyone. Um, we did get respons- responses from, from some of the expats. Um, Maybe because they were a generation above us, maybe because they were conservative um, thinking. Um, so that's the only time we ever felt uncomfortable. Hmm. And, I, and I'd say that with sincerity. It, honestly, the, the Turkish people were open and welcoming to us. But then, of course, we weren't Turkish. Had we been Turkish, it might be a different um, situation. Right. What was the biggest surprise then? What, was the, what shocked you or what you just didn't expect? I, honestly, I don't think we, I don't think there's anything we didn't expect um, um, at all. In fact, as I said, we, I, I personally been going to Turkey for about 15 years regularly. Uh, uh, so, and, and, and we lived in a western part, western leading part of part of Turkey. So there weren't, weren't any surprises in it for me at all. Uh, particularly, it was a very easy transition. Wow. Um, so, yeah. how how did your life change then? Like, what was what was different about your life in Turkey? Of course, other than the, you know, the 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 weather and it's not going to rain so much and all that stuff. But um, well, well, you think you think do you? That's not entirely true. One thing I say it's interesting what you say about what surprised me. I have just thought of something. Nobody ever tells you that the Mediterranean in January isn't that pleasant. <laughs> that is not written in the brochures. No. Uh, um, we had the most enormous storms, um, and we in Bodrum in particular, we had r- water running, running down the streets, uh, and floods and uh, biblical, uh, biblical proportion, proportions. It was extraordinary. I mean, I, you know, I live in, in in England. England is known for rain, but nothing prepared us for the rain that was going, <laughs> was going to be coming down in Turkey during January and February. It's a very short winter. It's a short, sharp winter. It's not particularly cold, but it's all. It's also not particularly warm, and um, Turkish houses aren't really built for cold. Uh, not like Canadian houses, and to a certain extent, except British houses. So, so there was no heating anything in the winters. So we had to find different ways in which to stay warm. Um, so that was a bit of shock, to be honest. And, and it just occurred to me after, after you asked the question, because as I say, it's not nothing is written about how, how, it's, how it can be like. Um, uh, we did also we visited Istanbul while we were there, and and, uh, and it, it snowed, and I wasn't expecting it to snow in Istanbul. But, um, so you know, winters can winters can be harsh. Yeah. Um, so, but in terms of the way our lives changed, we, I think what we we had fair, fairly high powered jobs, I guess, in London. Um, we had a, you know we had a career. We both had careers, and uh, and um, we gave all that up, and, and we also gave up the salaries that go with it. Um, so we learned the thing we learned to do is live better with less, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So the quality of our life increased, even though we had much, much less in terms of disposable income. Um, 
and it's easy to do that in Turkey because the cost of living is much lower um, than it is in, in, in Western Europe. Um, so, uh, and we learned to cook properly. You know, we stopped um, buying convenience food because you can't really buy convenience food. You know, you, right. you have, when you go to the supermarkets, there you go to the markets, you buy fresh vegetables, you buy fresh produce, and you cook from scratch. That's kind of how everybody does it. So we kind of learned to do that. I mean, uh, uh, Liam is my husband. He's quite a good cook anyway, so we kind of knew how to do that. I'm not the best cook in the world. but So you learn to do that, and you learn to slow things down, and you learn to uh, spend more quality time um, on the things that you want to do. Um, and, but I guess we were kind of living on about a quarter of our income right. uh, being used to. And then when we came back to England, we brought that mentality back with us. So we don't have, we didn't go back to work in the same way. And we do work, but it's not the same. Um, and so our salaries are much less. And therefore, you know, we can't, we used to spend lots of money on expensive holidays and what have you. Can't do that anymore. But I think we live better. I think the quality is better. So that's one lesson that we did learn huh. and something that we brought with us. So that was kind of a major change for you. So it kind of made you look at how you lived your life? Yes, I think it did. Absolutely did. You know, it, you know, your priorities change. Um, and, um, you know, we uh, not to dwell on it, but we've had some, some, some recent deaths around us in, in the last recent years. And it made us think that, um, you know, we, it could be us, we could be dead tomorrow. Um, so let's kind of live a life that makes us happy. And that isn't always about material things. Yeah, um, yeah. Everybody well. needs the basic minimum. Everybody needs to be able to, you know, heat, light and, and what have you. But, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to preach poverty here. It's just that it's about slowing down. We were on a really, really bad treadmill in London in the sense it was very fast life. Uh, we, we had both had busy jobs. We were tired all the time, you know, and then we used to spend loads of money on going on expensive holidays. Um, and we just don't do that anymore. Yeah. So we go for walks, you know, and we go to the pub and have a slow pint and we have, you know. Huh. So it's, yeah. it's actually really changed your life in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. In a way that, it, in a way that most people don't get a chance to do. We did it very early and I think it was, I would have been 49. 48 felt 49 when we left and um, people don't generally retire at 40, 48 and 49 so uh, we, we got to do it early and we managed to maintain that which is fantastic yeah that's amazing um, what brought you back then to the UK family issues uh, in the main uh, mostly Liam's family his parents were el elderly and both had developed dementia uh, and Liam also had a, um, a profoundly disabled brother um, and things started getting quite difficult uh, for the family so we came back to help. Um, sadly all three of them have now died um, so it's been quite a rough from, from that point of view, it's been quite a rough few, few years but it's, so in a sense we jumped out to Turkey we took, it was a window of opportunity, we grabbed it while we could because we always knew, we always did know that things would, have, would drag us back um, so yeah. we, we took the opportunity when we could. Within, within Turkey now, uh, so how did you find um, gay life? Like, how, how what was the uh, lifestyle like there? Did there was there gay communities, gay clubs, all that, or what? How, try to explain that maybe. Yeah, it, it's not quite. Uh, um, there, there are in, in Istanbul. There are traditional style 
gay bars and clubs that we would all recognise. Um, but out elsewhere, um, you, you won't really find that. Uh, sexuality can be quite ambiguous in the Muslim world. Um, so it, it isn't always obvious. We didn't in, indulge at all. We were very happy being together. So we didn't need a gay scene and we didn't seek one out. We did know some gay people while we were there and made friends with some gay people. But um, it wasn't something that was, was uh, important to us. Um, so there were lots of lots of discreet liaisons going on and some discreet bars. Right. But a but a kind of Western gay scene doesn't really exist outside the outside the main cities. So that's not un, that uncommon though, even right. in Western countries. I'm sure in Canada there isn't a gay bar in every corner. You know. So um, uh, and certainly um, in, in Britain, you know, uh, it, it's kind of moved on. A bit now, hasn't it? Really, the gay, gay scene isn't quite what it used to be, because because uh, LGBT um, people in Britain are much more accepted. It, there is, in a sense, less need for a gay scene. Right, it was um, more more mainstream now in in society. Yes. It, well, I'd say for Canada and Britain, in the states, in certain parts, but not all. Yeah, of um, And the apps, you know, people people meet online yeah, and, and yeah. things like that. So, well, um, I've always always said, you know, primarily when I was younger, you used to go to a gay bar, a gay bar to pick up on a Saturday night. Truthfully, I mean, um, yeah. and um, you know, you don't need to do that anymore. So, you know, you, you can do use the apps. It's a lot cheaper. Why spend, you know, Saturday night propping up a bar in the hope of meeting somebody? It's expensive. It's a bit of a faff, isn't it, really? You have to get yeah. there, to get back when you can, you know. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of gay bars in London in particular have closed down because, frankly, people just don't go out like they used to. Right. Um, uh, so, so, but if, if they've never really had that, did you see a difference in the way that they interact with each other? Well, Muslim Muslim societies are different in the sense that they're fairly patriarchal and they're quite male orientated. So you often will see men in Turkey walking down the street hand, holding hands, but that doesn't make them gay, and it doesn't mean they're in a gay relationship. It's a much more subtle uh, society where it's not as obvious, it's not as black and white, it's not as uh, you know as, as simple as that. It's much more nuanced. Um, and so, uh, sexuality is a, is a much, much more um, uh, less defined, or traditionally was less defined in Muslim countries, um, because traditionally women didn't leave the home. Traditionally, they stayed at home. Traditionally, they were virgins when they got married, and um, traditionally, they were kept away from work, the world of work. So it was a very male or uh, male environment, and things used to happen there. I guess I've never been involved in it because, yeah. But well, it, I mean, you were a virgin at home for a while, weren't you? Or life—it's very different. Different it, it, people think that that, that that it ought to be the same, or they're expecting something which is the same, and it's not the same for me. You know, I, maybe I would have thought that way too. I mean, I came out in the seventies in London. Um, I've always been out really I, I was think I was 16 when I first came out and um, I had a very supportive family and that was all fine um, uh, so but things were very gay or not gay in those days um, when you go to a country where that's much more nuanced and much more um, less, the boundaries are less clear you have to play the game much in a very different way um, 
And so you could have sex with a man in Turkey and in other Muslim countries too, but they would never say they were gay. And often in Muslim... In, in, in hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In Muslim countries, it's only the passive partner who's gay anyway. That's the way they see it. If you're active, you're not gay. Uh, it's a different way of lo looking at it. I'm not defending it. It's, it's weird to me too, because as I said, you know, as a, a, a seventies boy, um, but it's a different way of looking at it. And you have to accept that that's the way it is. Otherwise, there's no point being there. It didn't trouble us at all because we, we, we used to have Turkish men that we, we were friends with and we knew were probably gay, but it just never came up in conversation at all because it's not a conversation you have. Huh. So how did you, did you ever feel threatened there? No, no not once, not ever. Um, uh, and, you know, Bodrum, Bodrum's a big tourist town. You know, people go to Bodrum from all over, particularly all over Europe. Um, uh, it's very popular with Germans and with Dutch. Uh, uh, so, um, no, absolutely not. 
The only problem we had was trying to learn Turkish because living in a tourist town, we did try to learn Turkish. It's a very complex and difficult language to learn, but we did try, but we found that everybody wanted to try their English on us. Right. <laughs> so you want to have a conversation with Turkey in very, very bad, broken, poor Turkish, and they were, they were wanting to practice their English on you, which is, which is interesting, really. So our master mastery of the uh, Turkish language was uh, profoundly disappointing. Hmm. You know, when you go to a country like Turkey, you know, and, and all the ups and downs countries have, were you ever worried about it um, becoming military or becoming having a, uh, some sort of catastrophe happening? Oh, all the time. Turkey has a glorious history of military coups. Yeah. If you can know anything about Turkish history. Um, mostly right-wing um, military coups. And, and at the moment, they have a, a particular um, un, um, nasty piece of work as a president called um, Erdogan. Uh, yeah, Erdogan. Yeah. Um, and his party is, is kind of conservative Islamist. It's not... It's very different from Iran and Saudi Arabia. We're not talking about, you know that kind of extreme form of Islam, but it's a conservative Islam. I kind of see it very much as maybe some, equated with American evangelists. Right. Um, who are quite, you know, preachy and, 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 you know, it's all Bible, 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 and they're saying it's Quran, Quran, Quran. But um, he has at least respected the Turkish secular um, constitution, which was established by Ataturk back in the, um, the 20s and 30s. And it's interesting that, you know, in Britain, for example, people get married in the church. I'm sure that's true in Canada too. Um, they get married in a church or a, or, or a, or a synagogue or, or, a, or a temple. That is completely unacceptable in Turkey under the constitution. All marriages are civil. Oh. So, so you, and in France, the same is true, in fact. Um, you can't get married in uh, not people do tend to get married in mosques but you can't have a religious ceremony it's not recognised by the state that's quite interesting when you think about it mm. uh, so it's not dominant Islam isn't dominant in that sense in the way that it is in the UK when people get married in church but that's a religious ceremony right so, uh, so, so the religion isn't necessarily what you know um, what do you say um, gives the um, marriage credence it's it's more of the no. uh, the law part the it's the law and that's actually true in most countries even in in the uk and i certainly certainly must be true in in canada too and 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 the us actually the legal part of getting married in britain is the signing of the register right everything else is rubbish you know you, it's all dressing up you know it's all the words that you can say and what have you it's all wonderful stuff and we went through that and we had a fantastic time but actually the only legal bit is the signing of the register um, and that's done and in a church in this country it's done in a church but it's done at the um, uh, permission of the state so it's not run by the Church of England or whatever church it might be it is actually the state that says that we're, you're acting as agents of the state if you like um, so most people don't realise that it's the state that controls marriage in most countries um, um, and so the religious bit is just dressed, all dressing really yeah. Uh, oh. So, what, what would you recommend for people um, to do the same thing you did, like to go to somewhere like Turkey and live for a while? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say Turkey now. I mean, I think Turkey has taken a turn, um, right. which is unsure where it's heading. Um, as I said, it's got a glorious history of military coups, and there was an attempted coup in recent years. 
which failed. Um, and, you know, I don't approve of coups. It's whatever you might say about Erdogan, he was democratically elected, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, his time, though, will pass. Like, these things happen. You know, like Trump, his time will pass. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, his time will pass and then things will change. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend Turkey right now. Um, because well, we're in a different world now, the econ economically, because of the pandemic. Um, who knows what the shape of things will be in the future? Hmm. Uh, I would recommend nobody do anything for the moment. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, clear. did you did you feel like they? Uh, well, did they have fairly decent medical or support oh, there? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Sorry, if you're talking about the practicals. Uh, Turkey does have a very good state-run medical service, but there is also private medical treatment if you wish, um, if you want to pay for it, and it's very economic and very, uh, uh, compared to Western countries, it, it's, it's a steal. I did have my teeth completely redone in Turkey for a, for a very small amount of money compared to what you'd have to pay for in England. Um, but no, the, the state system is, is, is pretty pretty good. It's pretty good. Wow. Well, there you go. I'll, I'll head there now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love it. I mean, they've got a huge tradition of hospitality. Food is fantastic. I mean, Turkish cuisine is one of the four great cuisines of the world. Um, if you're interested in history, the place just oozes it. You know, there are more ancient Greek cities in Turkey than there are in Greece. Um, because, of course, the Greek world expanded. Um, I, Bodrum itself is old Halicarnassus. We lived up the road from one of the, uh, the ancient wonders of the world, which was the mausoleum of Halicarnassus. Um, and so that was up the street from us. So we came out of our door, we could walk up the street, and there it was. Not much left, not much to see, it has to be said. Um, but there you are. We lived on the same street as one of the ancient, wonder, uh, ancient wonders of the world. So, so if you're into that kind of thing, and not everybody is, but if you are, it's a fantastic place. Certainly a fantastic place to visit, and and I would urge people to go because economically they kind of need the money right now. Yeah. Um, they really, really do, and things are really tough. Uh, the lira has taken a, a huge, huge um, hit. Um, when we first went to Turkey, the lira was about three lira to the pound. Now it's eight. So you know the currency has got through the floor, and that really, really affects people's people's lives. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Um, so when when someone reads your book, when someone picks up one of these two books, um, what do you hope that they walk away with? Well, I think I, I hope that they they, they find it funny. Um, they are fu they're both funny. They're meant to be funny. It's a it's a kind of jokey thing, uh, but wrapped up in some serious stuff too. I do talk about serious stuff. I think it gives hopefully it gives people a sense that um, that with the right attitude. Uh, with uh, a, 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 a sense of adventure and an open mind that uh, gay people, um, particularly to these gay people, um, can live, if you choose well, can live in a place and live very well um, and be accepted. And I think that's what we were. So I'm very grateful for that. Hmm. Really interesting. What do you miss most? Uh, the weather, I, you mentioned earlier, I have to say, you know, um, <laughs> the spring weather is fantastic, the autumn weather is fantastic, the, the summers were very, very hot, and the winters were much colder than I imagined they would be. But yeah, the weather, I think, um, the, the outdoor life, the, uh, the food is fantastic, um, 
the the fact is that you can travel because because of its geographical location you can travel to Asia really easily um, which we did a little bit of um, that you can uh, the architecture the history um, the wonderful ambiance we lived in Bodrum which has got a fantastic ambiance it's a wonderful place to live so I do miss that um, yeah hmm. I think that's it really where do, where do you want to go next <laughs> or are you giving uh, up we're very happy where we are we live in a very pretty little village um, and you know I'm 60 this year so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of retired really um, and I, I, I really like where we live I mean it's more about travel now um, I say I must make it to Canada I have relatives in Canada I've never been to the States a few times but I've never been to Canada I must make it to Canada before I die well yeah it's a it's a good place. It's like yeah. the states, but nice. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the states with 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 healthcare. Yeah, with healthcare and people <laughs> smile and and yeah. uh, a lot less violence. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, it's a bit rough in the winter. Well, it depends on where you are, um, yeah, because in, in the west we don't really get much winter. So, um, I, you know, it rains. Where are, you, where are you exactly? Well, my my main home, I'm in the Kelowna area, so I'm in the desert part of, of Canada, which the Sonora Desert runs out of the States up through um, the middle part of BC, British Columbia in the west. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's surrounded by two mountain ranges, so what happens is that desert stays fairly desert, so it's pretty warm, and... Um, all the all the wineries are here, and the, and all the fruits oh, grown okay. here. It's all it's kind of like wine country, fruit country. So it's um, sounds um, wonderful. It is actually, and so winter doesn't really um, affect us here. We don't really um, get much. We do get some rain, of course, and stuff sure, like that. Sure. But it's nothing major, you know. Not I used to work, I used to work with a woman from Vancouver, and she um, she said it rained a lot in Vancouver. Oh yeah, rain. So she came to London. She said, "I'm quite at home here. It's fine." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vancouver and London are very similar. It rains a lot, it, but they're right in the uh, right on the ocean there, right in the coast. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. you know, a, a lot of rain there. But um, yeah, no, it's a good place. It's a good place overall. It's really good. But um, are you going to write some more, or are you kind of done writing? I'm kind of done, really. And um, what I found that although the books did well, particularly the first book, Perking the Pansies, did extremely well, and I'm very grateful for that. It sort of caught the imagination. Um, some fantastic reviews and some really, really positive feedback. Um, totally unexpected, you know. I'm I'm a nobody, you know. Nobody knows who I am. I, I, I'm just a guy that lived in Turkey for a while. And the fact that somebody would want to read my 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 Campbell nonsense is um, is, is fantastic. Um, but what I found was that although it did very well, it's not going to make money to any large extent. You know, it did well, but. Um, uh, so I ended up ironically working in partnership with my publisher so now I work with her because we, we run a small very not small but niche publisher that, that publishes expat related books um, and so uh, that's t she came to me and offered me a publishing contract uh, it was her company and then a few couple of years down the road she understood I had worked for her. I did a few pieces, bits of piece of work for her. She said, "Would you like to come into partnership with me?" So I did, and now I spend my time uh, managing other people's books. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, and I found I found out that it, 
you know, you make more money working with other people than you do in your own stuff. So there you go. Yeah, uh, it can be that way for sure. Yeah. Um, so we publish five to ten books a year, expat-related books. Um, some do very well. Some some do not so well. You know. So. Um, so I'm constantly proofreading and checking and publishing and um, doing all sorts of stuff on behalf of other authors now. Yeah. And I quite enjoy doing it, really, and it keep you know it keeps me out of the pub. So when you when you deal with that, so you're you're focusing on expats. So are we yeah. talking about just travel, or are we talking about? All no, it's really about. No, it's about the expat experience, about living abroad. Um, so that could be a memoir like my own. So it could be somebody that talks about um, where they live. So, for example, we have a couple of titles, which is about living in Spain. Uh, we have another title, a uh, very popular, very popular title about living in the Dominican Republic. Um, so, on the, so it could be a memoir about people's experiences of the expat world, but it also could be something a bit more academic. It could be around what's called third culture kids, which is the experience of children growing up in um, in cultures which are not their own or countries in which their parents weren't born. Um, that typically might be a, a, somebody who works for Shell, for example, and who has children and then has assignments all over the world children in various international schools along the way. Um, it could be about that experience. That can be quite alienating for, for, for younger people. So we have quite a few titles that, that look at that issue and examine that issue. Uh, or it could be travel. So, you know, one of our most popular books is about, um, you know, uh, moving to, to Catalonia in Spain. And, and it's called a travelogue kind of thing. So anything that, 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 that is, is related to the expat experience and travel to um, is something that we're interested in publishing. So what's uh, okay? Let's give your website now. What's the website for you, or do you have one, or maybe your publisher? I do. I have my website is for my own books is jackscott.info. Um, uh, but our publishing company is summertimepublishing.com. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. What I'll do is I'll make sure that's put up on our website. Uh, people listening can just click and find you. Thank and, you. And if they want to send you a, a good note, that's great. Um, <laughs> our, our guest has been Jack Scott for the interview and we're talking about Turkey Street we're talking about his two books and publishing thank you for being here Jack thank you, thank you very much you've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show to find out more about our guests hosts or shows go to www.houseofmystery.com show is over for now was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, Hosts or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.